0: Hello and welcome to the Heat Check Podcast, Miami Herald's Miami Heat Podcast. I'm David Wilson and I am joined, as always, on the other line by Anthony Chang, our Heat Beat writer here at the Herald. Anthony, what's going on?
1: I'm ready to talk about Cafecito and Croquetas again this week.
0: Uh, unfortunately, uh, we do not have uh, Carlos Frias on with us this week. I hope people checked out last week's episode. It was a lot of fun. We're going to get back to basketball this week. Anthony, I, how is the Cafecito in uh, Milwaukee?
1: It's called Starbucks. Yeah, that's that's the cafecito in Milwaukee. Um unfortunately there are there is none. Um I'm gonna have to go for the next three, four days without it. Uh but I'll survive somehow.
0: I gotta say um not to get way too off topic yeah. right at the start here, but I, I like Milwaukee. I like it as a little midwestern town. They're yeah. into beer and ice cream and those are two pretty good things.
1: Yeah, I like the beer part for
0: sure. Um
1: I yeah, I, I've only been here once actually.
0: Um, I covered a baseball series there a couple years ago and never will again because baseball is over. Yeah. Baseball never start again. That's unfortunate. Um, yeah. I've only been here
1: once. It was for two nights. I think it was um, Junior Belli's first season. So that was like 2019, I think. So it's been a little bit. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm interested to see maybe hit up a brewery or something, but yeah, there is no confecito here.
0: Uh, you will have a, a- Pretty interesting game to watch, though. Uh, that will already be in the books what, by the time people are listening to this. Uh, obviously, the Bucks been struggling a little bit, but the Heat, the, the way the schedule is is breaking, um, or, you know, going back to the game on Monday when they played the Bulls, and, and through these next few weeks, it's it's really interesting um, with basically like kind of the who's who of the uh, Eastern Conference top. Contenders all, you know, we saw the other day Kevin Durant uh, could potentially make his return against the Heat. Um, they got a game against the Sixers coming up shortly yep. as well, right? What day is that one on? Saturday. Um, Saturday. Yeah. Saturday. So, uh, really, all in a row you go Bulls, Bucks, Nets, Sixers, and those are obviously, uh, you're leaving out, I guess, the Celtics there. But for the most part, like, those are the... The who's who of, of the Eastern Conference right now, um, obviously, Nets still not – even if they have Durant back uh, on Thursday, probably won't have Ben Simmons. So, uh, not, not quite full strength, but I think it, this week is, is one of the most – you know, the Heat – you know, we've talked about a lot. It's the, kind of the dog days of the season. The Heat are a team that I think more than anyone else in the East right now is really a known quantity. We know they're going to finish probably top three. Um Probably a pretty solid favorite to be number one, frankly, at this point with a two game lead as we're talking right now on the Bulls. Um and we know they've they've proved it in the playoffs for the most part. Obviously last year was not great, but I don't think anyone is counting what this you know obviously the, the bubble taught everyone that this team can can win in the playoffs and win when it matters, and they've obviously are a team that I think all along people have thought were gonna be a playoff team. But this is one of those exciting weeks in the middle of the season where it's it's still the dog days, right? It's still the heat. Like, we know what they, they are, but you really get um, a bunch of measuring stick games. And, obviously, they really took it to the Bulls, I thought, on Monday. Um, the Bucks game, which, like I said, will happen already by the time people are listening. This will be really interesting. And then I, I think Nets, Sixers, there's, you know, ob- obviously the two most intriguing teams in the East right now for good reasons. Um, and particularly that Sixers game is going to be, you know, I, I Kind of feels right now like that could be an Eastern Conference Finals preview.
1: Yeah, this week is one of those weeks that this might be the most challenging stretch of the season, actually. Yeah, the probably, say. yeah. Um, and you know, the Bulls heater three and zero against them now. They beat them pretty good in each of the three games. Um, the Bulls do not have a good record against winning teams, um, so you know, I, I don't, I don't put them in the, in the top four. But the next three games: uh, Milwaukee, Brooklyn, Philly. I, I think those are probably – even though Brooklyn is struggling right now because Kevin Durant's hurt, um, I, I think those, aside from the Heat, are probably the top – they complete the top four in the East. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, it's going to be kind of a good measuring stick for the Heat. I mean, we like you said, we kind of know how good the Heat is. We know what makes the Heat good. We know what their weaknesses are. We know what the question marks are. But it is good to kind of just see where you're at um, against these teams. Uh, of course, yes. Kyle's not going to be available, at least for the Milwaukee game. Mm-hmm. Um. His status is very much up in the air for the rest of those games this week uh, because of personal reasons. So it's not you know the Heat aren't totally at full strength, but not really you know not really any of these teams are. Um, Milwaukee's right. missing Brook Lopez, Pat Connaughton, George Hill, Brooklyn you know Kevin Durant and Ben Simmons you know back as Kevin Durant could be back but it's not for sure. Um, and Philly still trying to figure figure you know their themselves out with all the new additions. So. Um, if the Heat can somehow go they're already one and all in this stretch, I know you, the people would listen to this after the Milwaukee game, but if they can somehow go three and one. Um I think again it's a long way to go after this, but I think they'll probably be in a, they're already in driver's seat for the number one seed, but they'll have an even stronger hold on that one seed if they can come out of this stretch with a winning record.
0: Yeah, we have we have a pretty scatter shot outline we're working off today. Uh but one of the questions you put on there was like the confidence level if the heat can finish with the number one seed. Um you know, if they beat the Sixers on, yeah. To me, the Sixers. I think. I mean, I don't want to overreact too much off of two games against the Timberwolves and the Knicks, but That's I watched sad. a lot of that that Sunday afternoon Knicks game, and they're a problem. Yeah. They look incredible. Yeah, <laughs> like, problem. They're going to score a lot. They're. Gonna, I mean, they, they, those are the two best free throw drawers in the league, pretty much, right? Uh, Embiid and Harden. Like they are. And I think the only wonder was what their chemistry was going to look like. And, like, it does not seem like there are many challenges of them, like, splitting touches and that kind of thing. And obviously that stuff can always exacerbate as the season goes on. But, you know, the Sixers were obviously, um, before the James Harden trade, I think have probably been the second best team in the East. Yeah, I know the, the Bulls are ahead of them, I think, by a game right now. But, you know, they've been kind of the second most impressive team in the East behind the Heat. Um, and they look even better with James Harden in the fold, which is not surprising. So that's the one I'm really looking forward to this week.
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, the, the right now, as we, as we record this, the Bulls are third in the East, three games behind the Heat. So definitely within striking distance, especially if. Really, Sixers, you sa- mean, right? So, sorry, Sixers. Yeah. Sixers are three games behind the Heat in third place. Um, and they're, de- you know, definitely within striking distance. And, you know, and, and if they beat the Heat on Saturday, um, they'll be one step closer to clinching head-to-head, head-to-head tiebreaker. So, yeah, that, that game is big. Um, but, you, you know, after, this, after these two games this week on the road, uh, the one one of the reasons I'm so confident in the Heat getting the top seed in the East is just, and we've talked about this multiple times over the past few weeks, is just all the home games coming up. Yeah. Not necessarily East, It's not a soft schedule. Like you still have some, you know, Phoenix, Cleveland, um, Golden State coming to Miami, Brooklyn again coming to Miami later this year. But – 11 of 12 at home after these next two road games, Milwaukee and Brooklyn this week, Mm -hmm. that the Heat should, they're a really good home team. They're a really good team overall. Really good teams win at home. Um, They should win most of those games. So I just think the schedule sets up well for them um, to really kind of take control of the East. They already have a two-game lead. Um, And again, if they win even just a couple more, two of these next three games, that lead could be even bigger. So if they can enter that stretch two or three games up in the East, and With all those home games coming up, I really I think they're the clear favorite to um, get the number one seed. Yeah,
0: no two two games is not a lot, but two games of twenty to play, yeah. it's, it's, that's not nothing either. Like. Not
1: nothing, no. Yeah. And it's really three against the Bulls because they have the, the tiebreaker over them. So,
0: and then you look, you know, the Bucks are four back and it's, Well, I think they're like twelve and twelve, and they're like, like they've just kind of really oh, yeah. plateaued here a little bit. Like, I, I still think they're going to be fine. They'll be a, the title contender, because they have Giannis, but. Cleveland um, seems to be fading too. Yeah, Cleveland's so. fading. Boston is coming strong, but they're five and a half back. Like they got a long way to go. Obviously, the Nets are nine back. Like they're not going to get the yeah, one seed. No. Um. But yeah, I mean, it the the. I don't know what like the percentages say right now, but yeah, I, I'm pretty confident about the Heat getting the number one seed, which is crazy. You know, this is a <laughs> the. Uh, how many times did they do that in the the Big Three era? Like twice, know. right? Once. Like it, it did not happen a lot.
1: I might have been just once. Indiana had number one seed a couple of the, those years. So i yeah. might have been just once. And at what point, David, do you – I was talking to somebody with the Heat about this. Um, at what point do you want the Nets to win? Because they're in the eighth seed right now. Like, right. have to start yeah. winning. If you, if, you're, if you're, Heat finish number one and the Nets come out and they're eighth and they come out of the play, play-in tournament in that eighth spot, that's a really bad matchup for the Heat. In the first round.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm rooting for them right now. If I'm in, <laughs> If I'm in the Heat, right? Like, yeah. you know, they're going to make the playoffs. Assuming Kevin Durant comes back and like there's no injury, they're going to come out of the play-in, right? Like, there's no way a team with Kevin Durant no. and Kyrie Irving, who will probably be able to play everywhere by then, is going to lose two play-in games. Like, you want them? They, it's not. Don't don't get cute and root for them to miss. The, play, the playoffs so by it's losing like a six or by losing to the Hawks and then the Hornets or whatever it would take like for them to fall out of it like the, you you need them to be the uh, and obviously there's there's a tricky thing that we're like oh if you rip for them to be the seven what happens if you know you might fall under the two um, but yeah you, you don't want them coming in the play-in because I think the Heat or I, I have to think they think they're kind of get the one seed right now the way this is breaking uh, especially like I said if they beat the Sixers on um, on Saturday. Um, but at the same time, like, I still feel like I mean, it's a long way for them to go, though. Um, I still feel like they're going to get top six by the end of this. But maybe not, because maybe Kevin Durant is really on a minute's limit. Maybe the Kyrie thing takes a little bit longer than we expect. And maybe Ben Simmons takes longer to get ready. But I don't know. I, I have to think that this team's going to get hot. That, net, that Nets team's going to get hot down the stretch. Just because they have Kevin Durant and Kyrie's been awesome when he's been able to play, and he's going to be able to play more. It sounds like
1: you you'd think so, um, but right now they're three and a half back of six.
0: Yeah, like it's a, it's a climb for them too.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I mean, even if they finish just if they finish seven or eighth, that's brutal. <laughs> that's to whoever has to face them in the first round. Yeah. I almost think that I think that the NBA, not are during the playing tournament, the top seed should be able to pick their opponent. The- yeah. What do you think about that?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's been, like, proposed for a long time, I think, right? And as kind of, like, an anti-tanking measure, it does that, too. And you, have, you get away from this, like, funny business of, like, resting guys because you want to have the eight instead of the seven or you want to have the six instead of the five or whatever. Um, but, yeah, I, I think I, I think it'll be interesting to see once we – because, again, we're still in this, this weird COVID year where – I don't think, and where I think even more so than usual, the best teams are not the top seeds. Although I I, I maybe shouldn't say that because the three best teams in the league this year have been the Suns, the Warriors, uh, really the four, the Suns, the Warriors, the the Grizz, and the Heat, and they're all the top four seeds. But again, like for the most part, the the most talented teams have had these hiccups for whatever reason, and who knows if that's going to be the case once we get past. Uh, Covid being a major factor, but yeah, the, I, I'm I'm open to the uh, picking your opponent. But I think the league, does, the teams don't want that, right? Because they don't like the idea of like the Heat picks to play the Raptors, and then the Raptors upset them, and like you never hear the end of it.
1: Yeah, that's kind of fun
0: though, right? It's I mean, fun, yeah. But I think the the teams like offended teams are that you chose too, them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
1: I think that's fun. But yeah, I, I can understand like teams being shying away from that because they don't want to be.
0: They don't want that, in that extra position. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, but yeah, it's just, it just—it's just again, the East is so stacked that uh, what well, the Heat, the Bulls, the Sixers, the Bucks, the Celtics, the Nets—I mean, that's six teams right there that I honestly would not be shocked if they made the finals. Like, I just it may be like Boston, but even them, like they're—they're they're playing so well. They're playing arguably best basketball of anybody right now. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's just it's—it's going to be a bloodbath in the playoffs this year. He'll yeah. be lucky to find a way to end up with, like, facing even Toronto, who's not a great matchup for Miami, but he would yeah. win that series. Or Atlanta, who made the conference finals last year. But if he face Atlanta, I think, obviously, you take that as well. So, if you're Miami, you're rooting for, like, Toronto, Atlanta, maybe Charlotte um, in that first round. But anybody else, it's going to be a tough series.
0: Yeah, I think there's nine teams, um, no, no offense to the Hornets, um, but I think there's nine teams that it would not be crazy, depending on the, how the matchup breaks for them to win a playoff round, which like not only would, I don't think you could ever say that, that it's the first time I ever felt that way in the East. It's probably the first time I ever felt that way in the NBA that a conference has nine teams that could win a playoff round. And again, the Hawks, it would, you know, they would need to play at the Cavs or whatever, you know, like they'd have to play one of these lesser teams just because that's how the seed breaks. But I don't know. Like you said, the Raptors are are, are feisty. The, the Nets, obviously, the Heat seed right now. Like the Hawks made the conference finals. The East is uh yeah, it's gonna be the first round of the East playoffs is going to be, you know, there there've been probably some West years like that where it was like every series is awesome, but it really feels like we're headed that direction in the East. Um, obviously Heat fans are hoping that if they're the one seed, it won't be too interesting. Um, but yeah, no know.
1: guarantee yeah there's no
0: yeah, guarantee yeah no guarantee what yeah, if what the Celtics it, are the seed? like that's not crazy so
1: yeah and you could argue that like seeding doesn't matter that much because of that right i mean as long as you're right. at all four but from the he you know if you can get if you can guarantee home court in every series in the eastern conference playoffs yeah
0: that's big I that. that's huge you got that you got playing you got yeah. yeah you you got uh <laughs> people getting the south beach flu like you know it's it's good to good to have home court yeah. advantage in the playoffs
1: yeah, especially when things are that tight. And I, I just can't wait for Peppas to be, for the national, like, just the national NBA uh, media to kind of get the whole experience of Peppas. And if only they knew what it meant. That was, that, <laughs> that, that's like them. If that, if that, by the way, if this song was in English, okay?
0: It would not be playing on Mars pop radio.
1: Not only that, it would definitely not be playing inside the arena as, like, the Heat's anthem. Um, I
0: guess, yeah. Yeah, I was so I was I went to a Maryland basketball game on on uh, Sunday and they did like this thing honoring the 2002 national championship team, and they had Gary Williams, stodgy old grumpy Gary Williams, come out and pep us was playing when like he walked out to give his big fist bump and I was like, oh my god, it's incredible. We, we, have, we have we have I don't even know what to, what that says about society and where we are now, but it was awesome.
1: <laughs> I just think nobody really like it's just a no kind one of, knows what it is. Yeah, that's what nobody it. knows what it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's incredible. It's the best. It's, it's, yeah, I love it. I, I can't think of a better song right now. Uh, not, to, I don't want to say to represent Miami, but it just,
0: it's, very, say, Miami. It, yeah. it hits at every arena I'm, I've been in. Like they played it, they would play it at, uh, Miami Hurricanes games and the place would get loud in the fall, probably like right when the song, I don't know when the song came out. I assume like late summer, kind of. Probably. Um, Panthers games, they play it in the, the crowd gets going. Obviously, it's a very different uh, demographic crowd than uh, the Miami. Um, oh, but it hits go- hard in, in Miami. downtown Miami. But yeah, it it, uh-uh. it it works everywhere in South Florida. Obviously, we got a lot of Spanish-speaking people all over yeah. the region, not just in Miami, but still. Um, it it at the Heat game. Well, the Heat, the the fact. I and mean, we're we're way off, off the rails right now. <laughs> but the, the fact that fe- the fe- Heat fe- players fe- fe- were like, fe- would yeah. like acknowledged it. What was that? Like a month or two back, like. You know, it's a big deal. Bam the, I players Bam, are talking about it.
1: Bam was thought, was asked about it if, like last month. You might have been at that practice actually.
0: I was not, but I remember it happening. Might I think have been Jordan there.
1: Yeah. He was like, I don't know what it's called, papaya, or like he, he didn't know the name and he referred to it as like papaya. But yeah, it's just it's definitely I, I like it a little better than Seven Nation Army, which was the which was a big three. Um,
0: yeah, and that's kind of cliche, right? This yeah, is, this cliche. It's very Miami.
1: He's very yeah. This feels like right for Miami.
0: Yeah. Speaking of Bam Adebayo, uh, <laughs> he's been awesome lately. Um, I think he's. I mean, I've I, seen like uh, Ethan Scullen of five reasons tweeting out the odds, and that Bam's like nowhere in the mix on the Defensive Player of the Year like uh, gambling odds. Now those are awards futures are always kind of like not actually uh, indicative of what um, the voting body is going to be like. But I don't know. It feels like if the Heat get the one seed and he just keeps going on at his and he keeps playing like this. And, you got you know, it helps to be a two-way guy when you're in that defensive player of the year voting still. Uh, It feels like he's going to thrust his way into that race. Um, But, you know, you feel like this is as good as he's ever been. Right.
1: Yeah, I mean I mean the only stretch maybe that you could argue was better was during that playoff run in the bubble. He was phenomenal. Yeah, that
0: was a that's the one I mean, I still the still that Celtics yeah game where he took over on offense, um is like that that's still like the dream of what Bam can be. And he's that's, been doing that
1: more. Yeah. Really. Um you've seen it. Like you see more of his his, his face up game, um, taking advantage of his athleticism and quickness to take it to um, kind of slower defenders. Um, being more aggressive, you know, when he has the ball, more decisive when he has the ball instead of like taking the time to just scanning the court, he's been a lot more aggressive over the last few weeks, uh, even before the break. So, it's encouraging because I think that's what we've all been waiting for with him, right? right. Like we, we've seen it, we've seen flashes of it, but it hasn't been sustained. And now for like the past two or three weeks, we've seen it pretty consistently. Um, and he's taking over games and stretches. He might have like five or six points in the first half, but then like in, against San Antonio over the weekend, I don't know how much for in the second half, but he ended up with thirty plus. Um, and he took over that game and led them led the Heat to the win. So, you know, we we know what he defensively. I'm like, yeah, he, I'm sure he's improved a little bit, but he's all he's been elite defense right. for two or three years. It's the offense we've been waiting to see grow, and and you're you're seeing improvement in that area. And then defensively, yeah, he's. he's He's probably a little better as far as, like, just understanding schemes and understanding tendencies, and, you know, that comes with just experience. But he's he should be – He's missed, I think he's missed a lot of time, so I think that's why he's not – Yeah,
0: that hurts too, right? Like, Draymond would have won the award, but then he got – Like, right. sometimes that just happens.
1: But, I mean, I don't know if you watch – how much you watch the Bulls game um, on, on Monday, but, bam, I mean, that whole game should be, like, on his – Defensive highlight reel. He was incredible. There was one play where it was a pick and roll with Vooch and Kobe White, uh, Kobe White, and, you know, Vooch took the screen. Bam switched on the White and defended him, and White tried to drive past Bam and, and then ended up throwing, like, a lob to Vooch, and Bam re- recovered from the ball handler to then block the, like, the alley-oop uh, on the rolling uh, Vooch who was going to the basket. I mean, it's just
0: that doesn't. Yeah, have it's like Giannis like yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah,
1: it's just it's so unique. Um, and that's just one play. I mean, he's been he's elite as you know, switchable a switchable defender. He unlocks so much of the Heat's kind of what they do defensively. Um, we look at the on-off numbers. He have the best defense in the NBA when he's on the court. I think like the tenth or eleventh best when he's off the court. He he makes the Heat and lead defensive team. Yeah. Without him, they're good, maybe slightly above average. I think they were like twelfth while he was out with the injury. So like, they're still pretty good, um, but they have Jimmy and PJ, Kyle, and, you know, and they have a good system. But Bam makes them the best defense in the league. Um, so, yeah, I think whether he wins it or not, I don't know, but he should definitely be in the race.
0: Two things. One, uh, is he, like, is this a revenge tour because he didn't make the All-Star game? And, again, maybe he shouldn't have been in the All-Star game because of how much time he missed. But is this a revenge tour because if he should have been in the All-Star game? And two, do you think he has an All NBA case, even though he doesn't? You know, obviously, was not an All Star. I don't
1: know. That's always tough. Um, I, that's mean, always- I
0: don't want to put you on the spot and have to like formulate your team. right Yeah, I mean, I'm like,
1: trying. To, I'm trying to think about this year on the spot. I mean, you know, Joe Embiid obviously.
0: Yeah, well, center this year is like insanely tough <laughs> because obviously you got Embiid and Jokic. Um, although I think the you can kind of fudge the votes from what I'm uh, from my understanding and like. Count one of them as a power forward and one as a center, even though it doesn't really make sense. But you can, I mean, yeah. I remember last year; that's right. That, that was he, like a he, debate, and yeah. I think this year, if those guys are top two in MVP, um, I guess it's probably those two in Giannis right now. Right. Um, maybe you fudge the vote a little bit to make it work, but even then, like then you got Giannis, obviously a center. So it's it's trickier than. And then you and the then center.
1: you lose a spot a, a spot for the wings or a guard. You know, that's the, yeah. that was it, I Remember, I didn't do it because it was going to eliminate a guard. Um, or a wing that I wanted to include, and that 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 was that position was deep last year for guys who should find like strong case to make it. So it's just it's tough, but I mean, yeah, if he continues playing like this, I don't know if he'll get an all NBA bid, but again, he should be in the race. I don't see why not. I mean, he's again, probably either best defender at his position or at least top two, top three. Um, and then offensively, he's continues to grow and he's averaging uh, 19 points a game. Um, Maybe by the end of the year, if he keeps playing like this, he'll be close to 20 points a game, 10 rebounds, uh, four assists. Um, yeah, I mean, he sh- he should definitely be in the race. He's one of the best big men in the league. That's not a surprise. Um, but I just think it's encouraging that we've seen growth on the offensive end because that we said from the start like he was going to be the key to yeah. taking this team to the next level. And he got hurt there. Um, yeah, got, for a while, Tyler
0: Hero's uh, Leap was making yeah. up for that. But yeah, that is you. I mean. Again, no disrespect to Tyler Hero, but, like, you'd much rather have, like, Bam really rolling than, I think, being wondering if this Tyler Hero hitting tough shots is going to be sustainable. Bam is, he's the linchpin of the offense, right? He is, it's Jimmy, is number one. Uh, I mean, Kyle Lowry, I guess, somewhere in there, too. But, like, it's Jimmy number one and it's Bam number two. No matter how hot Tyler Hero is, no matter how much Kyle Lowry has the ball in his hands, it is number the number one option to create buckets is, is Jimmy doing whatever he's gonna do. And number two on that list is is Bam just wreaking havoc on the defensive end and then obviously on the offensive end, so much of what they do revolves around his unique skill set. And a lot of times I think I mean, everyone gets frustrated, right, that he's passing more than he's and not taking taking it to the hoop and if he can just add that extra dimension, it, it obviously takes him. To another level and takes his offense to another level.
1: Yeah, and and Ky- again, Kyle helps with that, right? Because right. Has, him and Jimmy kind of be more aggressive and not have to worry about running the offense. Now that Kyle's out, you might see the shots go down a little bit just because the role kinda of changes for the for Jimmy and Bam. Um, but with with Kyle healthy and in the playoffs, I, I would expect that you'll see a much more aggressive Bam than you did last year, where fans were begging him to shoot the ball and take that mid range jumper the Bucks kept giving him. Um He's shooting 15 shots a game since he, like, on, during this streak of aggressiveness, I think over the last 11 games or so, 15 shots a game. So, that, I mean, that's a good number for him. 15 shots a game, seven free throws. Um, if, as long as he's, you know, stays around that number, I think in the playoffs, somebody takes up a little bit as the minutes go up. Um, I think that's, that's a good space for him to be in. Um, and, you know, he's gonna get, I think the biggest adjustment he's made is, teams are still giving him so much space when he gets the ball, like the high post, kind of daring him to take that shot. But instead, he'll take the shot once in a while. But instead of taking, like, just settling to take that shot or just, you know, doing a dribble handoff with Duncan or something, he's t- he's taking advantage of that space and dribbling, you know, down, getting downhill and dribbling at the defender and kind of using his athleticism to finish on the basket or draw a foul. So, you know, instead of, like, just taking the open shot, he's attacking that space and getting closer to the basket, which I don't think we saw that much of last year. And I think that's something we've seen more often uh, over the last few weeks.
0: All right, let's wrap things up um, by talking about a topic that we've really been talking about now, it feels like, for, like, three months of, like, this anticipation of it getting close and keeps getting closer, I guess, because that's how time works. Um, but Visual <laughs> Depot Watch continues. Um, the like It's just, like, positive, more and more positive yeah. signs, more and more positive buzz every day. Uh, do you – I think we had all – every time we come on here, we would say – early March was the target window. Um, So I don't know. Well, when is he going to play? It feels like it's going to happen soon, right?
1: Yeah. um, Woj uh, had a report, I think on Friday, that the hope was that Victor would come back within the next two weeks or so. Um, I confirmed that with multiple people. I think the hope is, you know, obviously there's nothing set in stone. There could be a setback, obviously, but the hope is to have him back within, I guess at this point, within the next week and a half. Um, And, it makes sense. I mean, that, set, that season-long seven-game homestand begins Saturday, so probably at some point during that homestand that, that spans from Saturday all the way until March 18th, I think Victor is going to make his season debut. Unless uh, well, something unexpected pops up, so he's in Sioux Falls right now, um, second stint with the Force, getting five out of five court work in. They um, yeah, will got three practices this time, had a light one on Monday. The plan was to have a heavy, go through a heavy practice on Tuesday, another light one on Wednesday, and then join the Heat on the trip in Milwaukee before they went to Brooklyn on Thursday, Um, and then you know fly home with them Wednesday night, uh, Thursday night after the game against the Nets. So I think we'll see Vic here in the coming days. Um, Again, what role role will will he have? I don't know. (laughs) That's a that's going to be a tough decision for Spo. But just having him available, um, that's huge. Um, because again, he can be very valuable uh, for this team in the playoffs, just because of you know, what we've seen him do in the past. I don't know, you know how much he'll be able to do of that when he comes back, but um, just having a guy like that, um, I think you have to think makes this team better, at least you know lifts the ceiling of this team.
0: What a, the, the, the like common refrain over the last couple days here, um, as you know, obviously Goron did not come, and part of that is because he Heat have kind of a surplus of guards right now. And the guy making that all possible is Gabe Vincent, um, who is increasingly looking like a guy who's going to be impossible to keep off the floor when uh, Victor Oladipo gets back. Now, I think we would have said the same thing about Max Struess maybe like three weeks ago. And obviously he had a uh, DNP coach's decision over the weekend. So like the, we're already kind of starting to see some of this, um, these tough decisions being made, some of this roster crunch and some of it's kind of just, Probably be riding the hot hand. Yeah, and all that. Yeah, yeah. But well, how is is that what you kind of see this developing with at that guard spot where, um, Victor Oladipo? You know, they're both gonna play until I don't know. One of those guys, you know, one of those guys is gonna win that job probably right. eventually. And uh, obviously, you can win the job one day and then you can lose it a couple of a couple of days later. Um, I don't know, is there a balance they can strike there or does it have to be kind of an either or, uh, once we, you know, between those two and Max Shrews and, you know, it's all these guys we've, we've known that there's only so many spots for these guards to to all get on the court.
1: Yeah. And I, I think we've seen from Spo in the past, even during that finals run in the bubble, like right. rotation's going to change multiple times, even in the playoffs, um, there were times when Kendrick Nunn was out of the rotation in the play that run. There were times he was in the rotation. There were times Kelly Olynyk was out of the rotation. Then he played for a few games. And the final. you know it's just it's going to change. I think it's going to be. I mean, you can't fit everyone in the rotation, obviously. Um, I don't know if there's room for. There's probably not. Actually, there's there's no not room for all all three of Victor, Gabe, and Max in the rotation if everyone's healthy. There just isn't. Um, but I you know I would think you would see two of the three most games, and it yeah. might be kind of a. He said a matchup thing, right in the hot hands, who's playing well at the time. Yeah,
0: yeah. If Duncan's not shooting well, I yeah. want to get this floor spacer and then yeah, the truth to get in, yeah. Yeah.
1: And and I also think that unless you're facing Philly or I guess Cleveland, the he could play small. I mean, I would not be I, Dwayne, Denman, Dwayne Denman's been very good. Yeah. But I would not be surprised if we see Denman kind of out of the rotation during some you know, depending on the matchup and the heat leveraging their, you know, their depth at the wing position. And playing more guards, you know, playing small with Peter Tucker at center, Jimmy at power forward, Victor, you know, like,
0: then you. Yeah, that is what the recent history of the NBA would suggest happens um, because that happens, like, with yeah. every, every team. The set, the backup center who is used to playing 15, 20 minutes a night is all of a sudden phased out. Yeah. Phased out come playoff time. Like, that. Yeah. that's not unusual anywhere. That might be the way.
1: Yeah. You know, again, if you're facing Philly, you might not be able to do that. But right, pretty much against all the other content, Brooklyn, even Milwaukee, um, I, the Bulls. Even I mean, I don't know they have Booch, but he's well, not, and then
0: especially if Marquise Morris comes back, like then yeah. Well, that's another yeah. one. Just adding more to the list. But yeah, I
1: mean, I, I I could definitely see them going small in a lot of these series and trying, you know, using that to kind of get most of their their perimeter guys in there maybe there is a way to get Strews, Vincent and Vic minutes. So um, I don't know. I don't feel I'm happy. I'm not in Spoh shoes um, because that, that, there are some really, really challenging decisions. There are going to be some good players that are not going to play just because again, it's just not the numbers don't allow it. Um, But the more options you have, it's a good problem to have. So Over these next, uh, what, month and a half of the runoff in the regular season, that's what this is going to be about. Not only chasing that one seed and trying to nail that down, but also finding kind of what you have in Vic. Is he going to be part of the rotation? Is Markeith going to come back? Can Gabe sustain this? Does Max really follow the rotation? Like, that's going to be what we have to monitor uh, over the next six weeks or so.
0: Yeah, it's kind of a crazy situation because, one, you know, that that chase for the one seed does feel like it's going to be important, but – you know, normally, once you're locked into a playoff position, you kind of coast, right? Like, guys get nights off, all that kind of stuff. And I'm sure that'll all happen with the Heat. But I think they have too many unknowns. Not that those guys are the unknowns in the same way of, like, how does Ben Simmons fit? Or how is James Harden going to coexist with Joel Embiid? But, like, you've got particularly the Victor Oladipo thing where we, like, literally... Just, I mean, the Heat obviously has some sense of what he's going to be, but... We have no idea really what he's going to be. And the Heat, even though they can have some sense, don't know what it's going to look like when he is out there at 110, uh, miles, 110% speed, uh, like an NBA game is. And, um, the, the quick decision making and the non, you know, non structured environment, like they can't know, possibly know what he's going to be. Um, that is, that is such an unknown variable in here that I, I think it's going to make it tough to just be like, all right, um, we're never going to play Jimmy, Kyle, Bam, and Victor Oladipo together. Or We're never going to play our, our top three guys all in the same night. We're going to let them stagger their nights off and try to win by also giving these guys off. There's going to have to be games down the stretch here where if everyone is healthy and if Kyle Lowry is back from, from his absence for uh, personal reasons, um, you're going to have to – See what the full compliment looks like. And, you know, maybe that'll happen. Maybe that won't happen until we're down to 10 games left. And the games are not meaningless, but getting pretty close to meaningless. But, uh, you just got, you're going to have to tinker with it in real game action. Um, because it's a massive X factor. You're talking about a former all star who has a chance to be, you know, if everything hits right, like, would it be a surprise if he winds up being the hit heats sixth best player? Um, hmm. Probably not, right? I mean, I don't expect it, but there is that possibility. And then if that happens, then you go from being, I think, the Heat clearly in the top four contenders in the East to being at the, the top of that yeah. list. If you can get a guy like Victor Oladipo playing like that with that group and existing as a, a cohesive whole.
1: Yeah, and not to pump up expectations any more than they already are with <laughs> Heat Twitter and Heat fans. <laughs> um, but from everything I've heard, Vickers looked really good. Yeah. So, you know, again, we don't know until he plays in an actual game what he's going to be able to give them, and the Heat probably don't know until they actually see him in game action. Yeah. But from everything he's done on the practice court, and I guess what they've heard back from Sioux Falls, he has looked very, very good. So, um, yeah, it's going to be intriguing to see what he can offer them and kind of where he fits for sure.
0: All right, I think we can wrap things up there unless you got anything else. Um, No, I'm good. Alright, I'll let you get out to uh, get out to your brewery tour there in Milwaukee. Uh, you can follow Anthony on Twitter at Anthony underscore Chang. Uh, you got anything you're working on right now?
1: Um, I got a few features that I'm working on. Um, but you know, just the day to day stuff really that kind yeah. of This
0: uh, is a busy week like we said. Yeah, you busy week. You bro. know, some yeah. some weeks you get through a week and like the stuff on the court doesn't feel like it matters as much. Um, it's whatever news is happening around the team, yeah. but this is definitely a week where the, the action on the court is uh, is the main attraction. I might do. In the NBA. Sometimes it feels like that's not the case.
1: Yeah, I might. I, I'm actually thinking about writing a story on, on Pepa's and players' reaction to it. So keep an eye out for that. I, All I'm right, like, I like it.
0: Yeah, I might do something big homes big home yeah. stand coming up, that's like right. you said. So uh, that's yeah. the perfect timing for it. Exactly. Um, I saw
1: on Instagram. Um, I think it was a heater posted that Ud dancing to the song as it came on. So, um, you know, maybe just asking some guys what they think about it.
0: Yeah. Ask if they know what it means. <laughs> ask if they know what the song's about.
1: God, I don't want to start a controversy, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I might if I do that.
0: Yeah. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at DB Wilson too. Um, nothing really too exciting for me that I'm working on these days. I'm, I'm heading up to Lakeland, uh, shortly actually, uh, for, uh, State basketball championships, which is always a, a fun, busy week, but means I'm not doing too much around the heat these days. Is spring football start right now? Yeah, spring football starts I think Miami starts practice on Monday, so um you know, it's about to get busy again. Like yeah. January, February is always kind of the quietest time of the sports calendar. And um, you know, we we got we got some stuff going on, playoff races heating up, NHL trade deadline around the corner. And MLB lockout, Jordan, our co-worker Jordan McPherson spent like 24 straight hours up in Jupiter standing around waiting for Rob Manfred to say something stupid um, uh, outside Roger Dean Stadium. So a uh, lot, lot of stuff going on in the sports world, in the Miami sports world in particular. So uh, always a good time to uh, check out the Miami Herald, subscribe, all that good stuff. Um, but until next week, uh, we'll talk to you later, Anthony. See you